Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast and we're talking about the easiest way to lose weight, which is a question I'm putting on to you, right? I'm not going to tell you the easiest way to lose weight. Unfortunately, I'm going to set that as a goal for you because I don't think that's been the goal for you. I think, yes, you're always intrigued by someone saying this is the easiest way to lose weight, but then you are going to attempt to take their strategy on and just follow it. And I'm going to suggest that the easiest way to lose weight is something that you're going to have to figure out for yourself because the things that are easiest for me are probably not going to be the easiest for you. So if we start with the idea that you begin with that question and that goal of not just losing weight as fast as possible, because I think if you take a step back and look at what you've been thinking about in terms of weight loss, you're going to realize that you have been thinking and asking the question, how can I lose weight the fastest, which usually means What's the hardest way to lose weight? Because we often associate the most difficult, challenging, hardest plan with the fastest results, which is what we truly focus on and want a lot of the time. So this question of what is the easiest way to lose weight is deeper. It's taking that into account and really changing your main goal from the fastest way to lose weight to the easiest way to lose weight. And once you make this shift, the easiest way to lose weight is actually a pretty easy question to answer if you make that the goal. Because if you allow yourself more time, right? So instead of looking at how much weight you can lose this week, this month, you start thinking to yourself, how, can, how much weight can I lose in the next year, right? So we give ourselves a year, six months, a year at least. Now we begin asking the question, what's the easiest way for me to lose weight? Well, now there's not that rush. Now there's not all that pressure. And now we can start to slowly and strategically make changes to our behaviors, our eating behaviors, our lifestyle behaviors that help us to start losing weight. And we start to optimize, not based on what's gonna make us lose weight the fastest, which is probably what you've been doing. And we start to optimize our strategy around the goal of what is the easiest way for me to lose weight. Now, I will agree that it is going to probably take a little bit longer in one sense, right? So the fastest weight loss, typically when we think that we're thinking about how much weight can I lose in the next week, in the next month? And we think of that as being fast weight loss. But if we start to extend that time frame, time frame to a year, doing extreme keto, extreme intermittent fasting, extreme calorie restriction, yes, that's the fastest way to lose weight this month. But if we play that out over the year, most likely you're not gonna stick to that plan. And so you may lose some weight in the beginning, but because the plan's so unsustainable, you won't keep it off. And so again, is that fast weight loss? Just because you lose 20 pounds in a month, if you put it all back on, was that fast weight loss? Again, I would suggest that it's not. And so the real fast weight loss that we're talking about here is real weight loss that lasts. So I would rather lose 20 pounds over a year that lasts versus 20 pounds over a month that doesn't last. And if you look at your weight loss, you're probably going to notice that the pattern is that you lose the same amount of weight over and over again, right? Because you lose it, put it back on, lose it, put it back on. And that's if you're even getting that far, right? A lot of people try and lose the weight. They can't stick with it because it's too much. So I'm trying to reframe you here to really orient around the easiest weight loss. Let that be your goal and start to create a plan based around that because now you start thinking long-term and it becomes easier and more sustainable and it starts to feel like everything else in your life. Again, if you want to learn to play the piano, you make a systematic approach to do it. You can't learn it all at once, right? And weight loss is the same thing. As you give up on the impatience and you start, you know, shift the focus from the fastest to the easiest, it is an absolute paradigm shifting game changer because I know that you've got solutions that are right in front of you that are a lot easier for you to do, but you don't consider them because they're not the fastest things. What do I mean by that? Instead of changing all of your eating all at once, instead of extremely reducing the calories, you start by focusing on your worst eating habit. Maybe it's snacking at night. Maybe it's overeating at dinner. Um, maybe it's you know snacking in the afternoon. Whatever your core worst habit is, you go to work on just that. Then at the same time, you can start to add some healthier foods into your diet, some healthier habits like drinking water, um, getting more sleep, going for walks. Small systematic improvements that are easy to do create big changes in the big picture. Because instead of just thinking, how much weight can I lose in a month, two months, start thinking, how much weight can I lose in a year, right? Uh, small hinges swing big doors. So small little systematic sustainable changes that you make to your diet, to your lifestyle, they can last. And so now you can think, well, maybe I'm not going to lose a bunch of weight from doing these little things over a month, but over a year, oh my God, over five years, over 10 years. 
And if you really adopt that way of thinking, of really orienting towards the easiest way to lose weight, I think you're going to find yourself on a different path. And ultimately, I think you're going to get much, much better results. So start thinking to yourself, what is the easiest way that I could start to lose weight? And I'll be really interested to see how that affects you. So I hope this helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I'm kind of going early today when I see... Again, I'm going to scroll through all the join things. I wish I could change that. <laughs> uh, what's up, Vicky? As we said, the fastest way is the slowest way if you don't stick to it. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that idea is, right, it, it's just so profound. Um, and, oh, boy, it, it's just, it's a game changer. Because I, I I have a belief that, that the core mindset challenge you have is a time frame challenge where you're thinking about weight loss in such a ridiculously short time frame. You know, and it's uh, unlike anything else in your life, it really. Uh, anything else you would take on, you know, geez, college is obviously four years. Uh, learning a musical instrument is going to take more than a month <laughs> to get any real results. Uh, learning a, a language, taking on pretty much any skill <clears throat> uh, is going to take longer. And then when it comes to weight loss, though, again, we got this week to month time frames, and it, it affects everything within that way of thinking. <sighs> Wheezing here. Um, and so anyway, so as, as you do optimize towards the, the easiest, slowest way, uh, I think it's, it's a paradigm shift, first of all. And that, that's just beneficial anyways, because it makes you think about things differently. And when it comes to weight loss, anytime you get the opportunity to think about things differently, jump at it. Because what you don't realize, if you're struggling with your weight and you're not in my program, there's a great chance that you have a dieter's mindset. You think about weight loss like a dieter. And... If you really take a step back even further, you're going to realize you basically have two mindsets. You have your overweight mindset and you have your dieter mindset. And you probably just flip back and forth between those two. And that's where most people find themselves. They estimate 95% of people put the weight back on after they lose it with diets, right? And so this kind of explains it because you have a diet mindset, you have an overweight mindset. And what you really want is you want to have a thin and healthy mindset, but that's a completely different thing. And this is a step in that direction by starting to orient around the easiest way, which again, embedded in that idea really is the longest way. Because of course, how long do you want to keep the weight off for, right? And so if you look back at how you've been approaching weight loss, you're just so obsessed with losing it as quick as possible that it's, it's of course, it's going to bring you to this situation where you keep flip-flopping between overweight, dieter, you lose the weight, you put it back on because you're never practicing maintenance. You're never practicing being a thin, healthy person, thinking like a thin, healthy person. You're thinking you're, you got your normal overweight mode and then you have your overcompensated diet mode that you do for a while. And then once you get to the goal weight, a lot of people, and again, no one really thinks about this. I do. I spend a lot of time. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I spend a lot of time talking with people that have lost weight and put it back on. And so this really reveals a lot mindset-wise that most people just overlook. Why do people that put so much time and effort and work into lowering their weight and getting to their goal weight, how do 95% of them put the weight back on, right? It's not their genetics. It's not their physiology. It's not their hormones. It's not their menopause. They lose the weight. And then they put it back on. So what's going on there? Well, the behaviors change. And my opinion is that as people approach their goal weight, they're unprepared. Again, they know how to think like an overweight person and they know how to think like a dieter. And what both of those mindsets really build around mantra wise is, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose this weight. I just want to lose this weight. I just want to lose this weight. Now, again, this may sound silly to you, but the subconscious mind is very literal. And so you finally lose all the weight. And now you can't keep saying, I want to lose weight. So what do you say? You're not prepared for it. I don't, maybe this seems like crazy talk to you, but if you've ever lost weight and then put it back on, let, take a second and think about this. This is really important because you're blaming yourself. I don't know what happened. I got overwhelmed. I got stressed. I went back to my ways, whatever. I think you have no clue how to live like a thin, healthy person. I think you know how to be your normal overweight self and I think you know how to diet. And then if you are able to get to your goal weight, I think there's a vacuum. You're like, uh, uh, what do, what do I do now? I know that may sound silly to you, but what do you think now? You can't keep saying I want to lose weight. And people say, oh, I don't know. And then it goes even deeper to your self-image. You know, there's a whole other thing that if you've been overweight for a while, um, you think of yourself as an overweight person. That's how you identify. That's how you get by in the world. And as much as you don't like being overweight, you're familiar with it. You're comfortable with it. You're, you're familiar with being that version of you in the world. 
And changing into a thin, healthy person is a dramatic shift in your life. It's like a bomb going off in terms of your relationships, how you think people look at you, how you operate in the world. And to not take that into account is crazy because subconsciously it's terrifying. Yes, I'm saying losing weight is scary to your subconscious mind because it's different. Your brain's main job is to be a prediction machine, to predict the future so that we can survive. And so your subconscious mind wants to maintain the status quo because that makes it easier to predict things more effectively. And when all of a sudden you're a different person, all of a sudden you're a thin, healthy person, well, how does that affect the most important relationships in your life? Think about it. Right? If you got friends, if you've been, what I always hear, oh, I'm the, I'm the fat, funny one, as one example. Well, now all of a sudden you're the thin, healthy person. You can still be funny, but but it's a, who the hell am I? It's different, <laughs> you know. To not to not acknowledge that is to your own detriment. Because I promise you, if you if you've ever really paid attention as you've gotten to your goal weight, I you know I've, I've got videos of this by the way. So if you want to go to my YouTube, which is Jim Katsoulis, I've done a couple um, coaching calls that I videotaped. And both of them had lost weight and then put it back on. Well, no, no. One of them lost weight and put it back on. The other one was eight weeks into uh, intermittent fasting and keto, and they'd lost almost 20 pounds. And so, again, you there as a dieter think, holy shit. <laughs> Thanks, Brandy. Um, you as a dieter think, holy shit, 20 pounds. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, that, that's awesome. I'd feel amazing. Do you think that's how she felt? Well, she was happy about the weight loss. Don't get me wrong with that. But... Underneath that happiness, that veneer of happiness, I'm excited I lost the weight, was terror. Uh, it's getting harder. I don't know if I can maintain this. White knuckles. I'm scared. I don't want to put the weight back on. She was freaking out. This is what I'm trying to tell you. If, if you never recognize this level that's impacting your weight, how are you ever going to change it long term? Which is what you want, right? <laughs> you don't just want to lose the weight and put it back on. You live in the glory days. Oh, yeah. Five years ago, I lost 40 pounds are you happy about that now you know what i'm saying so it's like you have got to shift your focus from losing weight to living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot and you get to that place by shifting your time frame from how much weight can i lose this month to how much weight can i lose over the next year comfortably easily sustainably enjoyably you're not asking that question you're asking the question i don't give a shit what i gotta do i just want to lose the weight water fasting what do you think jim can i water fast no, of course you can't water fast. Your fucking brain. Take a step back and think about it. You know, I'm, I'm joking with you in a way, but I'm not because someone probably already asked it, but I get asked this every day. What do you think about water fasting as the most extreme example of just cutting calories out? You know, again, that, that's, that's evidence of the, the most extreme version of this very short-term thinking. So anyways, enough of that. <laughs> if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask. Well, I'm going to move through the questions if there are any. Uh, let's see. Uh, how can a 13-year-old lose weight? I, I only work with adults, unfortunately. Um, they eat what they miss him. Yep, yep. Dance queen, program yourself thin. This is so true for me. Yep, yep. I know, it's true for everyone. <laughs> I mean, I always say, you know, like I, I get, I, I really, I fill in a unique void in the weight loss world for two big reasons, in my opinion. First off is that I think I deal with the most underrepresented part of weight loss, which is your mindset. You know, I think if you look at pretty much every weight loss approach out there, whether it's a diet or workout program, it's basically them telling you what to do, right? It's the perfect plan. Do this thing if you want to lose weight. And you're just left with the plan to just do it. And you really have very little ability. You, you have very little knowledge or understanding of how your mind works, how to change your behavior strategically, how to really influence your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, right? The problem is that you don't know what to do. You, you know enough of what you should and shouldn't eat. If you were a robot and you typed in what you were going to eat all day and then you just ate that way, you'd have no problem losing weight most likely. The problem is it gets time to eat the way you know you should and part of you says, oh, fuck that, I don't want to eat that. I'd rather eat the cookies. And, and then you go in a shame, shame spiral and then you feel like you failed and now you're off track, and right? <laughs> and so it's like, it's this piece of the puzzle that it's like it's never talked about, right? Everything's the plan. Oh, just give me the eating plan. I mean, how many eating plans have you gone through in your life? Do you really think that's the problem? <laughs> Do you really think the problem is you don't know what you should and shouldn't eat? I mean, don't get me wrong. You can always tweak and, and learn more about nutrition. But the core problem I know for you without knowing you is that you can't stick to a plan long term. And then if you make a mistake, you have very little ability to get back on track. And it's all because mostly like what you're talking to yourself. You have an internal dialogue. Do you know this? You know that little voice in your head where you're always talking to yourself? It is this internal dialogue that's probably dictating your weight more than anything else. You have a very negative, harsh 
internal dialogue that's just constantly beating you up, it's not supportive. It's not encouraging. You're saying things to yourself that are keeping you stuck at your weight. This is kind of one piece of it, but that's a huge piece of it. And you probably have no awareness or ability to influence or change this thing, which means you have very little ability or influence over your behaviors other than willpower, right? Every diet, give me the plan and I'm going to use my willpower to follow it. And then if I don't follow it, it's because I'm a bad person who has not of willpower, I'm weak or I'm addicted to food or whatever else, right? And you never have any of the nuts and bolts understanding how your mind works, how to influence it in a real genuine way. So I guess in a nutshell, what I'm saying is if you've been struggling with your weight, I know you beat yourself up and blame yourself for it, but I would really rethink that because I think it's way more, a better description of what's going on is you have no strategy. You have no strategy. You have tactics. You have to understand this. All the diets I've seen are tactical. It's a tactic. It's all built around one tactic. Count your points. Don't eat carbs. Don't eat for 16 hours. Just eat Mediterranean food. Cut your calories extremely. It's always like a tactic. And then it's up to you to use the same brain that's failed for the last 30 years to all of a sudden, magically, just do it. And it makes no sense, you know? And so it's not that you can't get better results. It's that you can't get better results doing the same shit you've been failing with for the last 30 years. You, you've got to do something different. And that different thing is to pay attention to your mindset, how you think, how you feel, how you behave, how you live your life and how you eat on a deeper level. Just knowing what to do, God damn it. If you get nothing else out of this, just stop falling into the trap of thinking you're just one meal plan away from completely changing your weight. That's It's fucking crazy to think that. How many meal plans you've gone through? You can't sit here honestly and tell me you don't know what to eat to lose weight. Most people, right? The problem is you know what to eat and you're not able to get yourself to do it consistently and you're stuck. And you think the only way to do that is to use more willpower. And I'm sitting here telling you that's not the way. You're not meant to be a willpower-based creature. You're not. Your, your willpower is your prefrontal cortex, which is about 10% of your brain anatomically. Most of your brain is running through your subconscious mind. It runs all your automated habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Your eating is an automated behavior. Trying to lose weight is kind of like learning how to write with your other hand. You know how to write, but you have to keep on practicing to write with the other hand in order to get it. The knowledge doesn't mean shit. Knowledge does not equal behavior, you see? And that's where you're stuck with your weight loss is you just keep, you keep thinking you're one piece of information away from a complete breakthrough. You're not, sorry to say, you know? Now I don't say this to be an asshole. I, I say it to just be honest with you because I know you're just, you're probably floundering. You're stuck. You've been stuck for years with your weight and it's either not going anywhere or it's just getting worse every year. I know this. This is what I, this is what I do. I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I do this shit every single day, talking with normal people about what the real problem is. And it's not just that they don't know what to eat, ever. You know, it's always something deeper than that. Um, Batsky says, random, but I haven't been eating after my breakup due to nausea. Is there a reason I'm not seeing a difference? Um, you know, it just depends on how long you've been doing it. I mean, everyone's different. You know, that, that is the thing. So I couldn't answer that. But um, again, I don't know how long you haven't been eating for. Um, but that'd be the first question I'd want to know. Um, Brandy, do you think OMAD or intermittent fasting is a good approach? Um, yeah, great question, Brandy. Now, here's here's what I always say. With program yourself, then this is the core. The core principle is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And I say this because with weight loss and the diet mindset, we've been conditioned to think that we don't have any of the answers and we need to listen to someone to give us the magical meal plan or workout that's going to fix everything. And we kind of spend our time trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, right? You try and make yourself follow this plan that doesn't resonate with you. And so I say that in leading up to the idea that, you know, OMAD and intermittent fasting, I've seen it work really well for people and I've seen it really not work well for people. And so we have to start there. <laughs> I know it's maybe an unsatisfying answer, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in this answer because what you really want to do, and this is so unusual to diets, is you really want to bounce things off of how it feels for you. You know, like again, I, I follow a big part of programming yourself then is Bruce Lee was a martial artist and a philosopher. He came up with a martial art called Jeet Kune Do. And the philosophy was he would study everything. He'd study boxing, fencing, any martial art fighting system he could. He would take what works, discard the rest. And that was the philosophy. And that's really influenced so much of my life for 30 years. And I suggest you do the same thing, especially with weight loss. Because what do we do with weight loss? We tend to say, okay, keto's the answer. I need to follow keto. Intermittent fasting, I need to eat one meal a day. I need to intermittent fast. You know, And then we just go into it very so rigid 
And, and we just like, I got to do this. Maybe we hate it. Maybe it just doesn't work for our lifestyle, for our metabolism, for our genetics, you know? So again, you're not used to trusting yourself, you know, but that's really part of the process. What works for you? What process kind of resonates the most? Again, I started this whole live with what's the easiest way to lose weight? I didn't have the answer for you. I wanted to put the question out to you and have you start thinking about that. So experiment, try one meal a day, do some intermittent fasting, see how it feels for you. Now, when we first do something different, it's usually a little, you know, it's a little difficult, a little hard. So you got to kind of be able to recognize what's, what's kind of new and a little challenging at first. And what is something I hate doing this? I don't like this, you know? So you got, you got to be aware of that. But as you start approaching your weight loss with that mindset, you start developing a system, a structure, a way of losing weight in living and eating that is built around you. I sit here in front of you 30 years into the process and I have a eating plan, a lifestyle that's custom made for me. You know, so that's why I'm not gonna give you my meal plan. You know, we do a 5-2 model, which is five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating, you know, as a model to kind of structure your eating. But, you know, what I eat for breakfast, what I eat for lunch and dinner, that's for me. I'm a unique person. You're a unique person, right? And, and this idea that like someone can tell you how to eat and what to eat, it's like you would never let someone tell you like what clothes to wear, what music to listen to, what movies to watch, because you're a person who has your unique tastes and preferences. And so I'd suggest you bring that same realization into your weight loss and start building your plan around what works for you, as opposed to just taking something on full force. I got to do it this way. You, you do not need to do it this way. Every diet works if you follow it. And so knowing that, you know, take the parts of the diets that resonate with you, discard the rest and just keep moving forward and optimize them each and every day. So, but again, I, I, now on, on the flip side, intermittent fasting, I'm a fan of, I don't think you need to go to 16 hours a day if that's too difficult. Um, I usually do it for about 14 hours. I never approached it as intermittent fasting. I did it. I didn't want to eat at night. I love giving my body a break. You know, I used to get about an hour, eight hour break when I was sleeping from not eating. And now it's probably about 14 hours. And that extra time has been amazing. I like it, but it resonates with me. I love how it feels. I love feeling lighter. I love sleeping better. I love waking up with more energy. I like reducing the calories and being lighter because of it. So I'm a fan of intermittent fasting, but I think one of the the, the challenges of intermittent fasting you got to watch out for is jumping into it real quick. So let's just say you, you usually just eat right up till bed, then go to sleep and then wake up and start eating. If that's where you're starting from, why not just start maybe an hour before bed, I'll stop eating. Two hours before bed. You, you see what I mean? Again, what's the easiest way to lose weight? Well, that's the easiest way is to slowly build up and, and do it instead of just jumping into it and say, okay, I usually don't eat for eight hours while I'm sleeping and now I'm going to make it 16 hours. Well, that's a stressful thing. That's a lot bigger of a hill to climb, you know? Oh, I want faster results. Yeah, we all want faster results, but what's fast results? Forcing yourself to do it and then overwhelming yourself and you end up doing it for a week or doing it slowly and systematically and next thing you know, you're doing it for the rest of your life. You see what I mean? Like, like that's what I'm talking about. So again, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer to that question, Brandy, but it's, it's about how you're going to figure it out. You know, again, you got to reference your own thing. What if I said intermittent fasting is the greatest thing in the world? That's the only way to lose weight. Cause that's what you hear all the time, right? You're hearing everyone's point of view saying, this is the only way to lose weight. You got, you got to get rid of the carbs. That's the problem. You, you got to stop eating for 16 hours a day. And it's got to be 16 hours because those two hours are the most important ones. That's all bullshit. Your weight loss comes down to reducing your calorie consumption on average, creating a caloric deficit of either reducing calories or burning more calories on average. Reducing the calories, I think, is the smartest way to go about it as opposed to trying to burn them off because mathematically it doesn't work out well. But that's, that's the only way to lose weight. You've got to create that caloric deficit where you're lowering the calories or, and or burning more calories. All right. Um, and so OMAD and intermittent fasting is just a way to do that. One meal a day is pretty extreme for a lot of people, but for some people, they love it. So, so again, you know, I, I think I made that point, but so I hope that helps out. Um, TikToker, <laughs> I'm 18 and I'm 65 centimeters. I eat 1800 calories a day and I'm scared I'm going to gain weight. Um, well, I, listen, TikToker, I, I wouldn't be scared, right? Let, let's get rid of the, the fear. We never want to feel fearful, scared, anxious. That's our sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze nervous system activated. And the problem with that is that we don't think as clearly, right? When we're in a fight, flight, or freeze state, the blood goes from our brain down to our body and our muscles to fight. And it's not a good thinking state. So let go of the fear, okay? You can eat 800 calories and see what happens, okay? That, that's what I'm saying. If you can... Get off of the fear and like the calorie counters and the, the calculators and all the this idea what you think is going to happen and just experiment with your own body and, and be calm about it, right? If you go up to 1,800 calories, you start putting weight on, then you can cut it down a little bit. 
You know, why fear? You know what I mean? Get rid of that fear. That fear is, is tough. Any of those in extreme, this is one of the biggest challenge people have. You, you want to talk about why you can't continue eating well and stick to a diet. It's usually emotional. You know, you have no real ability to influence your emotions other than with food. You know, that, that's a big thing. But you're probably in a state of constant stress to some degree. A lot of people are. Constant state of anxiety, stress, tension, depressed, all these sympathetic um, inducing emotions. And the big problem with them, beyond chemical, they, they, that state, you know, that, that chronic state of having an overactivated sympathetic nervous system drives hunger, by the way, drives hunger for unhealthy foods. It reduces your ability to stop yourself from eating those unhealthy foods. But it also mentally, it prevents you from really thinking clearly, creatively, you know, um, solution oriented to, to find what you need. Okay. So just relax with it, experiment, see what happens and then adjust and do it calmly. I think you'll, you'll be pretty happy with the results you get if you approach it that way. Um, P, is that how you say that? Or is that P, 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 P? How do I help with self-sabotaging? I just lost 20 pounds and gained back 11 already quickly. Yeah, okay. I don't think of this as self-sabotaging, okay? This really gets to the heart of the matter, right? To me, in my world, we have two minds, right? We got a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part of your brain that knows what you should do to lose weight, knows why you want to lose weight, tries to get you to do it. This is where your willpower is. Your subconscious part of your mind, which is 90% of your brain anatomically, is the part of your brain that runs your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And your eating is one of those things. The thoughts you have that lead to your behaviors and your weight are those things. So what you're really doing with most diets is you're fighting against yourself. You're using your conscious willpower to fight against your subconscious programming. Okay. And so for example, let's say usually at eight o'clock at night, you eat ice cream. Well, you don't have to remember to eat ice cream at eight o'clock at night right? You just automatically remember. That's because it's subconsciously programmed in. So you go on a diet and your subconscious mind says, hey, let's have, it's eight o'clock, let's eat some ice cream. And your conscious mind comes and says, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're on a diet. No ice cream today. And uh, then, then it kind of gets distracted. And then all of a sudden your subconscious mind says, hey, wait, whoa, now it's 810. Let's, what are we doing? Let's eat some ice cream. No, remember, I just told you we're not eating ice cream today. It's 815. I told you we're not eating ice cream. It's 830. We're not eating ice cream, you know? And it becomes this constant battle against fighting against your subconscious mind. And that's probably what you did. You probably have consciously restricted yourself and fought against your subconscious programming and you lost 20 pounds, great, but you did it in a way where you were fighting against yourself. And eventually what it tends to happen when we take a willpower-based approach is that at some point you get bored, distracted, sick, scared of reaching your goal weight, whatever it may be, and the willpower fades away and your programming just goes back to what it always was. You know, And so to me, that's not self-sabotage, that's a shitty strategy. Now, again, I don't know if this is accurate to what you're experiencing, um, but this is what I commonly see. So the alternative, again, is to use your conscious willpower to reprogram your subconscious mind so that you naturally and automatically think, act, feel like a naturally thin person so that you can automatically, you know, it becomes 8 o'clock. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Let's go sit on the sofa and watch TV and drink our water. And that becomes the automated behavior. Now you don't need the willpower. That, that's the goal that, that I help people achieve. And so you probably, again, for a while, you just restricted your subconscious behaviors. They didn't change at all. I've seen people, they fight against their subconscious problem for a year. And then all of a sudden they get distracted. Boy, they, put, they go right back to what they used to do. Haven't you all experienced that? Right? It's weird. You don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Here I am. I changed my behavior for four months, lost a bunch of weight, and then I just put it all back on. How'd that happen? It's your willpower. It disappeared, faded away, and you went right back to your old behaviors instantly, didn't you? Because you can't get rid of old behaviors, by the way, just speaking of subconscious programming, you can't eliminate old wiring. Once you have a habit, it's there. So there's no getting rid of it. There's creating new wiring over it. I hope that makes sense. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get rid of it and it ain't going away. Like, haven't you noticed this? Isn't it weird? It's weird, right? When you can change a behavior for months and months and the second you slip back, it's like, it's, it's like it never went away. You know? Well, it's because it's like riding a bike. Right now they say you're never going to forget to ride a bike. Well, you ain't never going to forget that you were snacking, you know, at, at night. So you need to overlay a new behavior over that. And you're not doing that. You're just trying to stop yourself from doing the wrong shit. You're creating a vacuum behaviorally, mentally, and emotionally when you diet. Because you're not putting new stuff in. You're just trying to stop yourself from doing the wrong stuff. Does that make sense? You know? Because it's a good way to think about it. But yeah. So I, I hope that brings a little bit of awareness into it, you know? Because that's the first thing that starts. Um, 
I totally have done this. It's why diet plans can be dangerous. We don't stick with things when your body is intuitively saying it's not right for you. Yeah, exactly, Sarah, right? Yeah. It, it's such a different process when you really build it around what intuitively is working for you. Like no one's measuring that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like a dieter doesn't give a shit. They, they're, they're assuming, right? When you start a diet, and this is why you don't, you want to know why you're not losing weight? And you don't, because you, you think about weight loss 24 hours a day and you never actually start a plan or do stuff to actually make you lose weight. That, that's probably most people. Why is that? Well, it's not rocket science. It's because you associate dieting to all negative stuff. You hate dieting. You don't want to cut out all the carbs. You don't want to cut your calories down to 1200. You don't want to do these things. You associate weight loss with pain primarily. And so as long as you do that, it's never going to last long. Yes, you can force yourself to do it for a little while at certain times, but it's never going to last. So again, when we build, and what, what that leads to with dieters is they don't give a shit about the process. I don't care if I got, tell me, Jim, just say, should I starve myself? Should I cut my calories down really low? Should I just completely stop eating carbs? Should I just eat one meal a day? What, what am I going to do? Say yes? Like, like, I don't know, maybe if that works for you, but what if it doesn't work for you? And I say yes, and you try and force yourself to do this thing that doesn't resonate with you. What are we doing? You know? And it's like a lot of dieters are trained to not paying attention to the fact that they fucking hate what they're doing to try and lose weight. And they just ignore that part. So I don't care. I got to do it. No pain, no gain. Bullshit. Bullshit. If you start orienting around what's easy for you, what resonates with you, what works for you, it brings you on a completely different path. And you start honoring yourself and trusting yourself and you end up with a plan that resonates. I, I'm not worried about putting weight on because I love the way that I live and I love the way that I eat. And I only see it getting better and better as I get older. And I, but I love it. I, I love how I feel. I love how I live. I love what I eat. I, I just love all of it. Love it. I'm not bullshitting you. I, I genuinely love it because I built it around me. What works for me? And so I love it. So I'm not scared about putting the weight back on. I'm not, oh, how long do I have to do? Oh, I don't know if I can keep this up. I don't have any of that. I haven't dieted in 30 years. I haven't worked out in 30 years either. It's been purely changing how I eat and how I live. The lifestyle piece is huge. The weight mastery pyramid, I'm gonna put this training together very quickly because um, I think it's a great way to conceptualize what we're doing here. By the way, just let me say this real quick. If you're not in my world on... Um, <laughs> If, if you're not my, my email world, go to my bio and click the link in there or go to programyourselfthin.com and uh, get that hypnosis session. I give you a free hypnosis session. It's the new Thin Me. It's a kickstart session. I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. I email you a bunch of great stuff every day. It's just positive, encouraging, supportive stuff to help you along this journey. And I, I got more things coming the way. So get make sure you get on my email list. Um, and, and But anyways, the Weight Mastery Pyramid is really mindset, lifestyle, eating. And I, I make that shape because the most important piece is your mindset, then your lifestyle, then the eating. Most people just approach the eating and you've got no foundation under you. And so you're able to do it for a little while and then it fades away. So again, the lifestyle piece is, is also really, really important. Um, Brady says, thank you for the knowledge of feedback. You're welcome, Brandy. Hey, what's up, Erica? How's it going? Yep, happy Friday's right. This is a good Friday. To come. I'm, this is a weird one. I'm like... Uh, my kids are going back to school next Thursday. It's been a great summer, um, but it'll be good when they go back because it throws my whole schedule off. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. But this is like the last Friday, and it, this has been a tough weekend as I broke my foot. It's, it's a pain in the ass. Biggie says, frustratingly, the subconscious always wins the battle. That's why reprogram is the only way to, um, yeah, to get it. It's so true, Vic, and, and that's just what it is, you know. And that's what I'm trying to tell you all. Like, you know, you're, you're sitting here, and and I. The reason I do this for free, right? The reason I do lives every day for free, I do the podcast, I do all these videos, I do all this stuff, I just give it out there. My mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And to me, it's life or death. My dad died of a heart attack at 54. So to me, weight is really, it's very meaningful. It's not, it's not just about looking better in your clothes. To me, it's really about how long you're going to live your life. I, I attach those two things together. And that's why I do this. And I know that most people that are, you get obsessed with your weight. You think about it all the time and you start to create all these beliefs because you've been unable to lose the weight. And one of the core beliefs that bothers me most is that you start to think it's your fault, that you're a powerless person, that you're weak, that, that you're a bad person because you can't lose the weight. And I try to get out here and say, like, that is not the case. It is because you don't have any real mindset-based strategy to change your behaviors that lead to your new living at your new weight. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, and it's like, so once you realize that, then you can go to work and find the solution. But most dieters are not even anywhere close to the solution. They're just looking for another meal plan, you know, another quick fix. And uh, I don't think you're going to get it. So I think reprogramming your subconscious mind, I, I don't know. 
I don't know how else you would create long-term change, you know? Now, again, understand, Program Yourself thing is, was born out of me interviewing people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least a couple years. And using neurolinguistic programming, which is really the science of modeling, it's a lot of hypnosis and mind stuff. But at the core of it, it's saying, find the people that get the results you want and find out how they did it. And so that was really interesting. As I found people that got the results I want, I began to speak with them. Not just, hey, what did you do? What did you eat? What did you exercise? Deeper, how do you think about food? What was the shift in how you thought about yourself and, and food and exercise and your health and your lifestyle? And very quickly, you start to realize there's completely, they're living a completely different paradigm. They have different values, beliefs, understandings, different framings around things. And that was the difference. It wasn't the knowledge of what to eat, what not to eat, what exercise to do. I always say, you know, the guy who taught me the most about diets was a 450-pound comedian. He was a family friend. Spent the last 20 years of his life in a wheelchair, right? Because he couldn't walk. He, he was too big. And so he, this guy, every other week, it was a brand new diet. He spent, I've never seen him spend more money on, on diets than this guy. And I'd go over there and, and he would just talk to me about all this stuff. And I, he, he knew the philosophy. He knew everything about calories and all this, every, every approach. But he could never make it work. And so I feel like a lot of people are like this in the sense that like you're surrounded by people that aren't getting the results that you, you would want to emulate. They're not getting the results that they want, but they're the ones that are always telling you what you got to do, you know, and or you're listening to a person getting like the perfect results and you're like, I got to do exactly what they're doing. Uh, you know, you know, and so it's finding the deeper aspects of it, which again is ultimately subconscious programming. It's people shift their subconscious programming to become a better version of themselves. This is why I always say you got to take your weight loss rapid and personal development. This is really an inside out approach to weight loss. And I don't know any other way. Yes, you can lose weight temporarily, but if you don't change inside how you think about yourself, how you think consistently, your habits, the way you deal with emotions, I don't think you're going to keep it off long term. That, that's what I've seen. You know, I'm not, not going to bullshit you. That's what I've seen. Um, Creator Queen, this is valuable information. Thank you so much. Peace. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's why I do it. Um, Brady says, heading into work, I appreciate the truth you speak. Thank you for sharing with us on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. That's why I do it, you know. Um, that's why I do it, just to help you all out. Because, again, once you... Oh, yeah, Erica, path of least resistance. That's exactly it. The path of least resistance. We want to make this easy. None of you are asking that question. I know it. I know you're not. You subconsciously want the hardest way to lose weight because you associate that with the fastest. And that's what you value more than anything else is the fastest weight loss possible, most likely. And as soon as you switch that over to the longest weight loss possible, it's a game changer. You know, it changes everything um, simply because that now you don't have to rush it. You know, you, you take your time. There's no rush. Because again, how long you want to keep the weight off for, right? Forever? So what's the rush? The, the, the weight loss, getting to your goal body, people have this mistaken idea that getting to the goal body, your goal weight is the finish line. It, it ain't. It's the starting line. I'm telling you this as someone who's been the same weight for 30 years. I went blip 12 years ago, but it's the same weight for 30 years. How, how, that's, that's the question. Like That's what people should be asking me. About. Now, how did you lose 50 pounds? I wouldn't ask that question. I'd ask, how'd you, how the hell did you keep it off for 30 years on autopilot? Holy shit, what? That, that's what you should be focused on. Thanks, Don. Yeah, the TGIF, yep. Um, and how did I do that? You know, And it's, again, I, I programmed in new ways of thinking, new ways of living, and new ways of eating that now run on autopilot. Relatively. You know, I always say, what's it feel like when things run on autopilot? Well, it's like brushing your teeth. Right? You brush your teeth every day, and it... it pretty much runs on autopilot you don't have to think about it you just kind of like you get up next thing you know you got a toothbrush in your mouth you're getting ready to go to bed next thing you know you make a stop and you're brushing your teeth you know that's a, a habit you installed into your your subconscious mind now it just runs you're aware of it somewhat but it mostly runs automatically that's where you want to be you want to be doing living lifestyle habits that are healthy for you that just kind of run automatically and then have eating habits that keep you at your goal weight that just run pretty much automatically that that's the goal yeah, it takes a little bit of time. It's muscle memory. You got to reinforce it, all that stuff. But at least it's a process that makes sense because typical diet weight loss based does not make sense to me. What's the idea that, that someday you're magically going to wake up on a Monday? Just what? What? Just some Monday you're going to wake up and magically you're going to be able to follow your keto plan perfectly now? Why? Why? What's going to be different? How many times have you tried before to do the intermittent fast and the keto, the Mediterranean, whatever plan you have, you're going to follow it perfectly. How many times you tried that and it hasn't worked? And so what's going to change some Monday coming up? Like what's, what's going to be different? 
It's the fallacy of the future self, you know? I'm, I'm reading this book, The Future Self. It's fascinating just for that reason. We do this because we think of our future self almost as a different person. Literally, they've done brain scans and have people, okay, think about your future self. And you think about your future self the same way you think about a stranger. And so you put all this shit on. I'm like, oh, yeah, my future. Next, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. And probably next week, next Monday, I'll, I'll probably want to do it. And I'm just going to do it perfectly. You know, that, that's the lie you keep telling yourself. You know, it's the lie of perfection. That Oh, yeah. So when, I, when I really get motivated and when I really get ready to do it, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do it perfect. You know, and you keep living this lie. It never ends up happening. You can live in that lie for your whole life. You've probably been doing it for decades. And again, I'm not saying this to be negative, okay? What I'm saying is that you got to cut this shit with the perfect routine that you're going to pop on your plan on a Monday and be perfect. Because you're way better off starting today doing something a little bit better. And then tomorrow, do something a little bit better. And the next day, do something a little bit better. That's a way better strategy than this bullshit of waking up some fucking Monday where, oh, look at me, 1,200 calories a day for six months I just put together. I mean, I'm not saying that can't happen. Like, it, it, you know, people win the lottery too. You, you know, so I'm not saying it can't happen because what do we see with diets? It's all the, it's the, the, the march of the outliers. <laughs> That's what the diets are, to be honest. It's just outliers. There's fucking outliers for everything. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't you can't be seduced by these diet ads that just show you the outliers that got amazing results. And and you don't even know the whole story behind it anyways. But anyways, just you got to look at yourself. What do you think would be the difference between you now and you magically waking up some Monday and just following the plan perfectly? You, you got to think that way, though, you know, because that kind of wakes you up a bit to find probably a better path, I would say. Um, Sarah says, I had your CDs and never used it because I was drowning in shame. Now I'm dealing with it and I see change. Yeah, super, Sarah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, shoot me, shoot me, um, I don't even know which program you're into, but you should make sure you're on the newest one because you can get access to those. And the shame, man, I, I was just about to make a, um, oh, thanks, Lola. Lola says she enjoys catching the lives for sure. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I love doing these and I love, I love sharing this stuff. And I know it's valuable because I know you're not getting this perspective ever ever and i know that you know i'm not saying ever I'm, I'm sure there's other couple other people out there doing this but um i know it's good because i know it, it just turns on light bulbs in your brain you know and that makes me happy because i know this is an area of your life that you're you feel so stuck um <laughs> no not like you sir thank you i appreciate that i do agree with that too i, I do think i'm a unique unique person here with the with the approach um but i appreciate you saying that um Let's want to say I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, Sarah. I, oh, let me talk about shame real quick. Um, the, the shame thing, right? Like, I, I love that. We were doing a coaching call yesterday because in Program Yourself, then the coaching version, we meet twice a week. You know, so I just want to put that little plug in here that if you're really serious about your weight and you're able to invest, um, th that's the deal of the century. To work with me for eight weeks, twice have access to me twice a, a week is just the deal of the century right now, and it's not going to be there forever. I'm, I, I I was thinking this last night. That part bums me out. I, I got the program. You can just get the program too, just just on its own. And um, but but if you can work with me, it's like, this is what I've been doing, man. I mean, this is my skill set. You know, it, it's being able to work one on one with people. It's twenty five grand to work with me privately. So to be able to work with me twice a week, it's just game changing. I, I can tell you this. Anyways, anyways, um, we we're doing a call yesterday, and um, one of the big things we we're talking about is this: What do you do after you make a mistake, right? Because you're going to make mistakes. Again, this is the thing you have to realize. The diet mindset, you're, you're living in this fantasy world that you're going to start a diet and be perfect until you reach your goal weight. And I, I'm here to tell you that's almost guaranteed not to happen. And so the alternative to that, which I hope feels a little more doable, is that you start off with small changes and you're going to make mistakes. But the secret is, do you have a process that you can rely on to learn from those mistakes and get back on track quickly? And me thinks you don't have that process at all because as soon as you make a mistake, you're filled with shame and guilt and frustration. And that's a big part. It, it, it um, poisons your mindset and you can't get yourself back on track. So, so I think you hit the nail right on the head there, um, Sarah, that it's really, it's about, it, it's about letting go of the shame. You don't need any shame. The shame doesn't help you. The, the shame blinds you to being able to learn and grow. Right? We make a mistake with our reading. And this, so this is such an important point. This is the core of the Program Yourself Thin technique. The whole Program Yourself Thin course is built around the Program Yourself Thin technique, which is really two techniques. It's the redo technique 
the rehearsal technique. The redo technique we use, it's a, it takes a minute or two to do this. The redo technique is looking over the day and saying, okay, wh what's one behavior if I go back in time I would have changed? It's usually an eating behavior. And what that allows us to do is there's no need for shame because what's shame do? Shame says, oh my God, look what I did. And we either beat ourselves up about it or we just put it out of our minds it's too painful. And so we never learn from it. We just feel that shame and we just, I'm, I can't think about it. I'm never going to do that again. What are you doing? Why'd you do that? You don't grow or evolve or learn anything. What we do with the redo technique, we let go of all that shit because your success depends on you being able to learn from your mistakes. You're not doing that with your weight loss. You're all or nothing. And program yourself them or all or something. And we look back at the mistakes and we learn from them. And, it's, and you can't have shame to do that. There's no place for shame. Why did you eat that way? Why did you do that? There's a reason. Maybe you were too hungry. Maybe you didn't eat enough earlier. Maybe you were in a real bad emotional place and you didn't know how to deal with it. There's a lot of reasons why you're doing the wrong stuff. And you're never learning what those reasons are because you are just got that one tool, willpower. It doesn't matter what the reasons are. I just got to stop myself. And that is bullshit. You know, you have to understand. I always say in the program, right? Awareness precedes change. Instead of just using that one tool of willpower to just fight against every behavior, right? We, we want to seek to understand it. Emotional eating is a perfect example of this. If you're emotionally eating, right? People say, I got to stop emotional eating. Please don't. Please don't stop emotional eating. Let's seek to understand what emotions you're either eating to feel or eating to not feel, right? So let's just do this example. Maybe you're exhausted and tired from work and you're using the food to relax and unwind. Okay. So we don't want to get rid of the emotional eating completely because now you're not going to relax and unwind and you're going to get three nights into it and you're going to be ready to kill someone. Oh yeah. I've been eating pretty well, but I'm ready to fucking murder someone, you know, or, or I'm just totally depressed or whatever the emotions are. And so instead of that, just stop it. Let's say, wait a second. Why am I eating at night? I want to lose weight. I want to be healthier. I got this habit here. What's going on? I've eaten enough and, and I'm still eating. What's happening here? Oh, I'm stressed out and I don't know how to relax in any other way other than sitting in front of the TV and eating food. Okay, great. Now let's ask the question, what are some other ways I can relax? Let's think about that. And as soon as you start to come up with strategies that really work for you, now you've got real solutions at your fingertips, you know? But you need to have awareness of the problem in the first place in order to come up with those new strategies. Hope that makes sense. Um, Rim says, how to deal with emotional eating even when not physically hungry. Well, there we go. I didn't even see that. <laughs> oh, it's epic. That's epic. Um, yeah, it was epic, right? Yeah, take, take a medicine forever for the rest of your life. Um, you know, that's one way to go about it, I say. Yeah, Erica says, I always look forward to the group calls. Yeah, right, er Erica's, yeah, because you get on them all the time and you're always learning, you hear other people's stories, you realize they're like yours, and you get this new approach to deal with it that's not based around willpower. Um, but I would not recommend Ozempic to deal with emotional eating because you see it doesn't deal with the core issue. You know, again, to me, Ozempic's another Band-Aid. I'm not saying it doesn't have its proper place. Okay, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that it's not resolving the core issue. If you're an emotional eater and now, you know, you just, you, you cut down those signals to eat, yeah, maybe you'll start losing some weight, but you're not emotionally nourishing yourself. You know, I, I mean, whatever. People don't give a shit a lot of the time, so I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend <laughs> that people um, that people care about this holistic approach because most people don't. I, I know that. The solution I offer is is really, it, it's for a certain type of person, you know? Um, and I make that clear in all the preceding marketing materials to make sure it is the right fit for you. But, um, you know, I, I would definitely, me personally, and I'm not, I take statins, so I'm not against medicines at all. Um, but I use medicines as a last resort. And I know a lot of people feel like they're, they, they've used, they've done everything to try and lose weight. Nothing's worked. But rarely, I, I've never seen a person who has said that, because what I always say is, have you ever done a mindset-based approach? Have you ever done a mindset-based approach to change your weight? And they always say no. And so you have to ask yourself that question, because if you haven't done a mindset-based approach, then you might want to try that first before you commit to a lifetime of, of a new powerful medicine. You know, that may or may not work. That was Empix, not fucking magic. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes it's magical. Anything is. But there's plenty of people on Ozempic that are not dropping weight like crazy. I work with a lot of them. I have clients that are on Ozempic and semaglutides. And they're, some are getting okay results. And, and a few of them are getting not great results at all. They're nauseous all the time. That's the big thing. And again, I'm, I'm not going to paint everyone using those with the same brush because everyone has a different response to it. But it's not this miracle cure. You, you've got to stop with that. There, there's no miracle cures of weight loss. Has there ever been one? 
in your whole life, has there ever been one miracle cure that's really worked out with weight loss? And if you keep looking for that, that, that pill that's just going to solve everything. I, I think that's a crazy approach, but people are going to do what they're going to do. But at least, you know, if that's not an approach that works for you. And if you want to do a Zempic, I, I wish you the best. You know, you can use a program yourself then as well to, to, to support that or the other way around, really. But, um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to just fix that stuff. You know, this magic pill mindset is, is one of the most dangerous ones. Um, yeah, as Don says, please not drugs for weight loss, just a Band-Aid and horrible for you. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd agree with that. We'll, we'll see where we're at with the semaglutides in the next four or five years, you know, but um, it's a new medicine where they don't really, you don't really know what it's going to do, you know? They, they didn't know. By the way, I mean, it's a medicine that was designed to increase insulin production, which again, to me, okay, let's just talk about that real quick. So, you know, the, the semaglutides were made for diabetics, type 2 especially, where their pancreas isn't producing enough insulin, right? Because they're insulin resistant. And so their bodies become insulin resistant, so their body need to produce more insulin and more insulin and more insulin, and eventually the cells that produce the insulin get worn out, okay? Because they're so insulin resistant. So why are we insulin resistant? Because we're eating foods that trigger us to release so much insulin. Sugar and carbs are two of the main culprits. You eat those and their powders, and they go into your bloodstream, they spike your glucose levels. And your spike glucose levels are toxic. They're dangerous. So your body has to release insulin to bring those glucose levels down to manageable levels. But hey, guess what? Too much insulin's toxic and inflammatory as well. And so if you don't deal with the core problem of putting foods into your body that are spiking your glucose and then creating this, triggering this whole chain reaction, if you don't deal with the initial part that's causing the whole problem, which is what you're putting into your mouth, then you're not really fixing the problem. You're just dealing with the symptom and putting just more insulin into your body, which is what the semaglutides do. That was the goal of it. And so if your body's not producing enough insulin, then the semaglutides go for it. But the side effect, the un, they, they didn't expect that it was also going to impact hunger signaling, appetite signaling in the brain. That was, oh shit, what's going on? That's a side effect. We didn't plan for that. And this is the nature of these medicines. They don't know. Semaglutide turned out to be this weight loss drug because it affects some people's appetite signaling. They didn't know it was going to do that. What I'm saying between the lines here is that it's a new medicine that they don't know exactly what it does in totality. And so, you know, again, at this point, you know, if you're low insulin, I get it, right? It might save your life. But if you are, if you are, um, you know, not, a type two diabetic and you're going to start taking this stuff, you're going to start cranking up your insulin. So, so it's not, you know what I mean? Nothing's for free. You know, there's no quick fixes anyways, you know, that, that's enough of that. Um, Sarah says, I really appreciate your time. Thanks. I have to enjoy my life today. No shame. Good for you, Sarah. I'm proud of you. Um, it's important, you know, managing the emotions on the weight loss journey is, is just so, so important. And, um, again, it's just, it's just something people, uh, writing something or something um it's just something people overlook i mean it's the mindset piece the emotional piece the lifestyle piece the strategic eating piece there's there's so many pieces of the weight loss puzzle that you're probably not paying attention to you know you're probably just looking at the eating piece you know and there's all this other stuff under it and it may say oh my god that's so overwhelming so much not really and, and it just it starts to explain things to you you know that's the big challenge you um <laughs> it's uh, that's the big challenge i think is that you you have no granular understanding of the deeper mechanisms that are at play that are causing you to behave the way you behave uh, feel the way you feel think the way you're thinking that ultimately leads you weighing what you weigh and i think you're just trying to i'll give you an example okay i'll give you an example of what i mean i um i've been i, I like weeding i don't know why i'm, I'm kind of a, a part-time I, I like doing my lawn i've kind of let it go a couple years anyways so there's this one weed and every year i pull it out and um anyways i've started to educate myself uh, about the lawn they say okay <laughs> christ 15 years into it, it looks like crap and i'm like I don't, I don't know what i'm doing is what i realized you know and so i start teaching myself about it and so i find out this one weed that i pull every year when you pull it it actually causes more of it right so you can't pull it you got to kill it because if you pull it it actually just multiplies and so this is what I mean, like with weight loss, that's kind of what you're doing. Like you're, like you're just doing things you think you should do 
but they're actually causing worse results. And if you just take the time to understand some of the deeper, you know, things, mechanisms going on, it, it just it enlightens you. Because I know if you're watching this now, I know what type of person you are. You're an overthinker. Because I, I talk a lot. I know that. So the only people that listen to me for any period of time are people that, that are overthinkers. <laughs> Every person that I've ever worked with, that I've ever got in the program that I've talked to, has been an overthinker. And probably, you're probably somewhere on the perfectionist scale. And you put those two things together when it comes to weight loss, and it's a recipe for disaster a lot of times. Because what you're doing most likely is you're overthinking yourself. <laughs> yeah, Erica, right? Yeah, it's like, um, I know you're an overthinker, right? So it's like, it just kind of fills that in and I'm talking fast. I, I know if you're watching this for any period of time, I, I, I can almost guarantee I know what type of person you are. And it's a good thing, right? It's, it's a good thing I'm saying. Um, but I'm gonna tell you about your brain a little bit here. Is that you're an overthinker. What's that mean? Well, you're in your head talking to yourself all the time. And when it comes to your weight, you think about weight in your weight loss a lot. Like, like a lot of the time, you're, you're constantly thinking about weight, wanting to lose weight. Um, but the big questions you're asking typically are problem oriented. You're asking yourself questions like, why can't I lose the weight? Why don't I stick to my eating plan? What's wrong with me? Why do I keep messing up? How come I lose weight and then I put it back on? Why can't? And you're always asking questions about the problems you're having with weight loss. And that is literally hypnotizing you that that is self-hypnosis right I, I believe there's a theory hypnotists have that we're all our own best or worst hypnotists because you're in your head talking all day and night to yourself and what you're saying to yourself is basically hypnotizing you to live it the way you're at which is the simplest explanation ever and a lot of it is your problem oriented in your subconscious mind now i know you think you think that if i keep thinking about what's wrong with me i'm going to come up with this breakthrough that's going to change everything i know that's what you're thinking but your subconscious mind, which is receiving all the communication that you're running all the time, is being influenced by this conversation. And your subconscious mind does not understand negatives. So if I tell you not to think about a banana, do not think about a banana, stop thinking about a banana, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about a banana? So when you are constantly focusing on the problems, right? Now, again, I know you logically think, well, I'm going to figure it out, Jim, and then I'm going I'm to be done with it. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is you are constantly, you're, you're saying, what's, why can't I stick to a plan? And then you're referencing in your mind all the times you didn't stick to a plan. Why can't I, why did I eat that cookie? Why did I eat all those cookies last night? And now you're remembering and imagining yourself eating all those cookies again. You're constantly reinforcing and programming your subconscious mind what you don't want it to do by constantly trying to figure out the answer to the problem. And as an overthinker, just supercharging that process. If you're an overthinker, it's like having a, you know, a super fast sports car that you never learned how to drive. You just drive it into a pole faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, I'm sitting here in front of you with the same brain I had when I was 50 pounds heavier binge drinking, completely different. So it's not the brain, it's the, it's the programs I'm running through. It's the information, the content I'm putting through it. And now my programming is much more solution oriented. So instead of saying, oh my God, why did I eat all those cookies last night? Instead of saying, if I go back in time, what would I have done differently? Oh, maybe I would have had a salad for lunch or maybe I drank some water. Maybe I had one cookie, whatever. And I'm always, I'm using that overthinking and I'm putting it on the solutions. And this is a game changer, all right? Um, but that's just one example of, of how you are actively, without realizing it, keeping yourself at your current weight and you're struggling to change it. That's just one reason. Um, how you doing, Gaditana, Gaditana Soy? Hola, speak some Spanish. Took four years of it, four years of Spanish. So I can speak a little bit of it. Um, which brings me to a point. Let me, let me share this with you as well and uh, kind of getting wrapping up here. One more thing I want to share with you is, is one of the big mistakes of the dieting mindset is you think, and this goes along with what I was just talking about, the overthinker, the perfectionist is ripe for this as well, that you approach weight loss thinking that you just need to know what to do, right? That's why you think, well, just give me the meal plan. Oh, keto, let me, oh, okay, I'll just, stop, I'll just cut out carbs, right? Again, conceptually, it makes perfect sense. You understand it. That'll give you the best results, fast results. And as a perfectionist, that's what I'm going to do. But the problem you have to understand is that your behavior doesn't give a shit what you know for information information does not equal behavior you know how to write right you can write with your hand you can write a word a sentence a paragraph a whole page if you chose to you know everything there is to know about how to write 
but you can't do it with the other hand. So this is a very important concept to remember when it comes to losing weight. You know what you should do and you're always stuck and frustrated. Well, I know what to do. Why am I not doing it? It's because you're not practicing it. You're not reinforcing it. If you did want to write with the other hand, you don't need to go read a book or go back to school to learn how to write. You just need to practice it with the other hand. You already know how to do it. This is how you have to approach your weight loss. It's not enough that you know what to do. You have to approach it as it's practicing. I'm building muscle memory, neural pathways of becoming the person I want to be, and it takes practice. So instead of starting a plan and saying, oh, I did great for three days and then I blew it. That's not true. You practice for three days, then you went kind of reverted back a little bit and just start practicing some more. The more you practice, the more you become the thing you practice. But with weight loss, you're all or nothing. And so there's no room for practice. You're just starting for a couple days, a couple weeks, and then stopping completely. And then a couple months go by and then you do the same thing again. And you never get any further along. You know, so you got to get rid of that perfectionist idea and just start approaching this consistently in a consistent way. Again, and program yourself thin, it's built around, there's a couple different components to it, right? So the program yourself thin technique you learn and you practice, you get better and better at the more you use it. It takes a minute or two, you do it at night. There's support for you that's very practical and manageable. What do I mean by that? Um, Listen, the hardest part of change is remembering to change, okay? And so I know, I build the program yourself thin program to be very strategic practically. So I know that one thing, I know tomorrow morning when you wake up, you're going to look at your phone. And when you do, when you're in the program, you're going to see a message from me. You're going to click on that message and it's going to bring you a five-minute morning hypnosis session. You get one for each day of the, each day for eight weeks, 57 total. Each one's different. Each one has a weight loss mantra in it. So every day you're starting the morning for five minutes relaxed and calm. And you're getting all this positive stuff put in your mind. You're developing a thin mindset. And then at night, you get another message reminding you to do the PYT technique, which takes a minute or two. And then there's a 10-minute sleep gnosis session that has a core weight loss mantra in it. You get eight of these. Each week, you listen to one of them each day of the week. And then the next week, you get another one to listen to each day of the week to really reinforce that message. So you're bookending your day with this thin, healthy mindset. You know, there's a 60 page workbook where you fill out your weight mastery blueprints, your mindset blueprint, your lifestyle blueprint, your eating blueprint. You follow that forever to live at your goal weight. And there's trainings and videos training you with all this stuff you know, that goes around. And then there's coaching calls to help support you through the process. So I only say this to you just to point out the comprehensive nature of it compared to what you're doing, right? Because do you think, like you hear that compared to like what? You're going to what? Watch a keto video that basically says stop eating carbs. Intermittent fasting just is don't eat for 16 hours. How are you going to, how are you going to work on your mindset? Isn't that the problem? Haven't you done the keto thing and the intermittent fasting and you did it for a little bit perfectly? Why did you stop though? Is it because you don't have willpower? No. <laughs> it's because your motivation disappeared. It's because you couldn't keep it up. It's because it felt hard. You got annoyed. You got frustrated. You didn't have the energy to keep forcing yourself to do it, you know? And so you have no awareness of these deeper factors going on. And once you do, again, that changes the whole equation, you know, because right now, you know, you're probably stuck with your weight. You know, you think about, you think about weight loss all the time, but you can't get yourself to take action. I will tell you why it's because you subconsciously associate dieting and weight loss with failure. Now, most likely, um, the first failure is that you probably think if I do it, I'm not gonna stick with it anyways, but the worst one, I'm going to bet that you have lost weight at some point, a significant amount of weight, and then you put it back on. That's one of the most damaging things because now you associate even weight loss, even when you're being successful, you associate it with ultimate failure, right? Because the only thing of, of the only thing worse than starting a diet and then kind of not getting any results and quitting is when you start a diet, stick with it, lose all the weight, and then put it all back on. Most people can only handle a couple of those times before they're just absolutely devastated and they can't get themselves to start anything. And the reason that is is because if you really are honest with yourself, you're going to realize every way that you're trying to lose weight is diet based and your subconscious mind now is just trying to protect you it's just saying oh well just just skip the bullshit because it doesn't work you know yeah we could follow a diet for a little while we can't stick with it and so again we want to learn how can we live at our goal weight for the rest of our lives that that's the difference and that whole goal is different so let me let me leave you with this 
Shift your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. Okay, please shift that goal because subconsciously they're two completely different goals. And one's going to move you much more in the direction you want and reveal and uncover strategies that bring you in that direction that are much different than dieting strategies. So it's going to feel different right from the beginning. And that's what you need at this point because you probably have a lifetime of dieting behind you that's got you associating weight loss with pain and failure. Okay, and so we need to shift that. And the quickest way to do that is by using a new approach to make it happen. All right. Um, thank you, Susie. You're, you're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this. And Erica, obviously, uh, have a great weekend. And um, yeah, we'll pick it up. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much again. One last time, if, you, if you're not, haven't done this yet, go to my bio, click that link at the hypnosis session, watch the training, Three Steps to Master Your Weight, um, and get on my email list. The podcast is Program Yourself Then. TikTok videos always going up new. Uh, YouTube is Jim Katsoulis. I got some good stuff up there as well if you want to look at that. And uh, again, as usual, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you all and your questions and have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.